Let's just do it. Let's meet this thing head on. And you were you were in it to win it. I can get behind that. What's your plan? Don't die. Okay, understood, but beyond that. Don't die. We survive. That's just what we do. I just hope we can win a game. Welcome to Survivor, presented by Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. I am Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, master of the wrap-up. I'm here with Magna Mills. We're going to break down how the 2022 NFL season went in Survivor and Eliminator Leagues. Spoiler alert, it was a tough year. I don't know, dog. I mean, you are the man, but I'm pretty sure that the boy skills, like the artist formerly known as Mad Skills, is actually the master of the wrap-up. I'm just saying. want to put that out there. Now that we've got that out of the way, I am Magna Mills. Thank you for checking out Survivor, presented by Seize the Gap. Find us wherever your pods are searching for Seize the Gap. We're on social media at Seize the Gap FF. Find our YouTube channel at JillBlowFootballShow.com. If you could, please take a second to comment, rate, like, follow, subscribe. Takes you a couple seconds. Helps us out a lot. Helps people find the show. We greatly appreciate it. Please and thank you. And I don't necessarily want a cookie, but I do want to say that we've been here every week, thick and thin. So now it's time to break down the 2022 season. Even though the season is over, we want to figure out what we did right, what we did wrong, and what lessons we can carry forward to the 2023 Survivor Leagues. 2023 still feels pretty weird to say, Magnum Mouse. Yeah, you think that's weird, man? It's already the fourth year of the 2020s. Like, we're almost halfway through the decade of the 2020s. That's wild, man. People are like, oh, yeah, that, that music from, like, 2003, that's oldies. Like, that old. And I don't want to feel old, but, you know, we have to look back to the immediate past, at least, and see how we did in week 18. This was a good one for me. I'm not going to lie, but we'll start out at the top with our locks. Jamie G, you hit the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. Not much drama there. I hit the Jaguars against the Titans. More drama, but they won. You missed your deep. Again, a little bit of drama. The New Orleans Saints lost to the Carolina Panthers on a field goal as time expired. I got there with the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns. Jamie G, you've missed your fade. You had the Cincinnati Bengals possibly losing to the Baltimore Ravens with a coin flip for home field in the playoffs on the line. And I hit my fade with the Green Bay Packers against the Detroit Lions. Green Bay had to just win to get into the playoffs. They could not get it done. So guess what, man? I'll let your boy for the clean sweep there. I said I was going to make it happen, and I looked at your picks, and I was going to make a joke about that one Simpsons episode where Lisa gets the nickname Toilet, but you did hit your lock, so I guess you're just going to head to happy hour at the bare minimum gentleman's club. Yeah, I mean, look, man, the Saints, I thought I had the Saints. I really did, and... Uh... That was just a heartbreaker there, the way that the way they ended, you know, as field goals, time expired. But now that we've got the final week in the books, let's wrap up the season here. Go ahead and give everybody our final overall statistics, and then we'll break down them, uh, break them down a bit more in a bit more detail. No, I mean, how are you gonna hate on a kicker like last name Panero, man? It's like Pacino mixed with De Niro. And our final stats were, were probably more Chaz Palminteri than uh, De Niro or Pacino, but they weren't terrible. As far as our locks, we both went 14 of 18. That's 
On our deeps, Jamie G went 10 of 17 for 59%. I went 12 of 17 for 71%. On our fades, Jamie G went 5 of 18 for 28%. While I was 4 of 17 for 24%, I had a tie in week one, hence the 17 games instead of the 18. And as far as clean sweeps went, Jamie G actually had two. He had one in week five, one in week 10. I only had the one in week 18. I want to do the Monty Python thing. Call it a draw. Yeah, you got the clean sweeps, but, you know, I'll, I'll bite your bloody legs off if it comes down to it. Yes, you will. And, Mills, do you know how we did compared to previous seasons? I know we've been doing this a couple of years now. Um, how, how did we do? Well, the, the first season was a little bit of a, a hot mess, really, and we didn't really do it in this format, so it's kind of apples to oranges. But we can compare our 2022 results to our 2021 results, which were... On your locks, Jamie G, you went 16 of 18 for 89%. I went 14 of 17 for 82%, had a tie in week 10. On the deeps, we were both 10 of 17 for 59%. On our fades, Jamie G, you were 7 of 18 for 39%, and I was 5 of 18 for 28%. It's not great that we both did worse with our locks and fade this year, you did the same as 2021 with your deeps. While I improved a bit there, I don't think there's a lot to take away here. It's a pretty small sample size. I think the one takeaway overall is that the locks get easier as the season goes along. But that really makes sense because the deeper you get into the year, the more clearly defined the teams get. You start to understand who are really the good teams, who are really the bad teams. So that probably makes the, the fades a little bit more important as you go along, but the locks a little bit easier. Yeah, and I think there might have been one or two more Bloody Mondays than there were last year. I mean, last year there was a couple of big upsets and it really swung it. But this year, there was a few weeks where there were multiple upsets. And yeah, so even Bubba Sparks thinks it was a little bit ugly this year. It was. And so I think that's it, it's, it seems like it's getting tougher and tougher every year. That's why we're here. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. That is something that we're going to take into account next season. Obviously, the first month is always kind of wild. Shit, dude. After three weeks of the season, the Rams, Broncos, and Browns were all either leading their division or tied for the lead. The Seahawks, Chargers, Bengals were all under 500. Seems like a million years ago, which is why we're doing this now instead of right before next season. Then it would be a billion years ago. Yeah, it would be in the Paleozoic or the Cretaceous or the, the whatnot there. So we will circle around back to this next August to be sure. But like you said, best to talk about it while it's relatively fresh in our minds. We'll start off by breaking down our locks. We just said it, but we both went 14 of 18 for 78%. And I went 6 of 10 to start the season and then ran clean for the final eight. So that seems good, but not quite so good when you learn that Jamie G got off to an even rougher start. He only hit three of his first seven locks, and then he went NBA jam style and hit his last 11. Right from hitting the first one to heating up to on fire. As far as the team usage, Jamie G doubled up on six different teams. Green Bay Packers, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys, Buffalo Bills, and San Francisco 49ers. I doubled up on five teams. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, and Dallas Cowboys. Shout out to Mace and his second album, Double Up. Overall, we used 16 total teams, exactly half of the teams in the NFL. We never used the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, the Bengals, surprisingly, the Houston Texans, 
the Colts, the Raiders, the Chargers, Miami Dolphins, the New Orleans Saints, the Giants, the Jets, the Steelers, the Seahawks, or last and certainly least, the Washington Commanders. I don't know if they're the worst team in the league, but they are bad. They're like a team you never... I, I Yes, I'd never want to take the Washington Commanders and survive, at least for a while now. And I think it's important to note that we are each allowed to use a team twice as our lock in an effort to make our advice as useful and as widely applicable as possible. We try to balance this out with our deep picks, with our fades, but because we can't predict when everyone will use everyone, we kind of have to come up with a certain system to make it the most useful it can be and as we look at this list i think you pointed it out the Bengals are the one that stick out it's like man uh, out of all these teams how do we not find one week where either of us use the Bengals? other than that i think it mostly tracks there are you know a few teams here that we like but we wound up using those in the deep and i think that speaks to the whole season where really there were only you know maybe the four or five teams that you could say were like genuinely trustworthy and even all of them suffered at least one big upset yeah and let's hop into the time machine here let's go back all the way to week one man it seems like a lifetime ago it was a terrible week as we both both missed our locks right out of the gate i had the titans who lost to the giants 20 to 21 you had the broncos who lost to the Seahawks 16-17. to There was no way Russell Wilson was going to lose in Seattle to Geno Smith, right? Really rough one to take uh, uh, one-point losses like that right off the get bat, but, you know, the first week. But, dude, shit happens. What can we learn from this? That back in the day, the whole take the Patriots in week one thing with Tom Brady was a thing for a reason, unfortunately. I would say just stick with the big dogs in week one. If you look back here, we also saw the 49ers lose as a big favorite at the Bears, but that was with Trey Lance under center in like a monsoon raining sideways kind of situation. So at least you could kind of buy that. But yeah, I think that really is it. I will say when we got kind of later, in the week of week one, I was kind of oddly on the Chiefs at the Cardinals. But realistically, the play was the Ravens over the Jets. I don't know how we missed that one. I mean, the Jets wound up being a pretty good team or whatever. But week one with Joe Flacco, I think I just kind of had myself convinced like this magic narrative. Well, like, oh, now Flacco's in and he's going to beat them. And it's funny because he did kind of do it to the Browns the next week, but he just failed against the Ravens. So I would think week one is definitely the time like, don't overthink it, don't get cute, and don't be afraid to, you know, burn one of the big dogs right off the bat. True words, man. Now let's skip ahead to week six. We both failed on our locks again. You had the 49ers who lost at the Falcons. That's right, the Atlanta Falcons, 14 to 28. And I had the Green Bay Packers who lost at home to the New York Jets, 10 to 27. This was also the week where the Bucks lost at the Steelers. Anything to take away from this tire fire of a week? Overall, I would say maybe just from a planning standpoint, because this was a week where you had matchups between the Chiefs and the Bills, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Those are four of the most used teams for Survivor this year for the best teams in the league off the board. And when you look at the scoreboard, nothing really jumps out in hindsight. The Bengals were all right. They were at the Saints, but they barely won that one. I guess if you're looking at it, probably the Seahawks over the Cardinals, the Chargers over the Broncos were probably the best options. 
And that tells me that maybe when it kind of gets comes down to it, we shouldn't lean so heavily on avoiding divisional matchups as a tiebreaker, maybe? There was only one other week where we got double skunked with our locks, but that was the very next week. Week seven. Tough stretch for us, man. I remember being very, very discouraged after this one. <sighs> I had the Patriots who got annihilated 14-33 at home against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Mills? You had the Bucks, who got smoked on the road by the Panthers, 31-3. to Any thoughts on this Week 7 debacle and how crazy it was? Two weeks back-to-back -to, -back to, to have these this type of uh, surprises? I will defend us in saying that you did not miss a lock from here on out, and I only missed one. But yeah, dude, this is... We got way too cute here. There were other very good options. Like we talked about not using the Bengals. The Bengals were at home against the Falcons. You had the Titans at home against the Colts. You had the Ravens at home against the Browns. You had the Jets at the Broncos. Even the Raiders were at home against the Texans. I definitely got caught off in like the Tom Brady narrative. I just thought like, oh, he needs this for the division. It was such a big deal. If they won that game, they'd have like a two-game lead. It would be huge. No way was that going to happen. I got caught up in it. And you just, man, you timed it wrong. Like, you did not see the Justin Fields thing coming. I believe the week before was the Thursday night football game against the Commanders. They were very lackluster. Like, I remember you were like, I don't even count them. It's Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. It doesn't even matter. It didn't matter because Justin Fields nuked them from orbit. <sighs> way too cute, Magnum Mills. Way too cute. Now let's examine our fades. And just to remind you, I went 5 of 18 for 28% here. Magnum Mills went 4 of 17, 24% with a tie in week one. My most successful fades were, well, not my most successful, my successful fades were. Uh, I guess they were the most because they're the ones that were right. But the 49ers in week one called it. I am not a Trey Lance guy. B-U-S-T, bus, 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 bus. Colts, week two. Jaguars, week five. Cowboys in week 10 and the Titans in week 17. Five times, Magnum Mills. I struck gold on that. Mills, you successfully faded the Bucks in week six. The Chargers in week seven, two of them in a row there. Good for you. Raiders in week 10. Good pick. Packers in week 18, which was a fantastic pick. You also faded the Colts in week one and they tied with the Titans. Ah, oh, dude. You really are kind of like, oh, you're opening me up, man. Like like Frank Reynolds when he's in for the therapy. Because I forgot that I nailed my deeps and my fades in week six and seven while missing on my locks. Like, <laughs> right. theoretically, that should be basically impossible. How can you hit the two way harder things and miss both of the locks? I mean, I guess we should know probably who we did fade the most and whatnot. As far as the teams we faded more than once, Jamie G., Maybe this is why you didn't have him as a lock. You faded the Bengals four times. You did not fade any team three times. You faded the Chargers twice, the Vikings twice. And overall, you faded 13 total NFL teams. I did not fade any team four times. I faded the Chargers three times. I faded the Bengals, Eagles, Bucks, and 49ers twice. And overall, I faded 12 teams. As a group, we faded 18 of the 32 overall teams and the chargers were our top faded team there checking in with five actually we had a tie between the chargers and the Bengals. oh no shit the Bengals were our most faded team that's why 
Yep, we faded the bagels six times. Look at us. Yep, didn't use them for a lock, faded them six times, and we didn't strike Pater once. But hey, we we had a sense. We had a sense. Our hatred of the Chargers and Survivor is already well documented. You just cannot trust them. I guess we're both a bit low on the Bengals this season, and it shows. I mean, they started off slow. I think, you know, we're kind of thinking about that Super Bowl hangover maybe. Mills, if you're going to fade the Eagles – you at least better get it right. And you know that I didn't fade my bills once. And I hate to tell you, brother, but I never have. Never will. Actually, last year I think I faded them once because I think it was there's so many better picks out there than than this. But uh, but I don't know. I, I might just be dreaming that up in my head, too. I don't remember. Solid takeaway. Solid lesson there. As far as anything else, I do think that you want to look at the overall long-term form of teams when it comes to your locks. You do not want to fall prey to the, oh, they've had a bad week or two and they barely won this game or whatever. This is not horseshoes, hand grenades, or darts. Close does not count. On the other hand, I think when you're trying to fade a team, that's the time you kind of try to find that little short-term, did something happen, quarterback change, coaching change, something like that. Maybe a team's on a kind of a short-term wave. Try to ride that with your fades. You know, I don't really have the, the data in front of me here, but it feels like almost every team in the league lost two games in a row at least once this year. I would say maybe all but one or something. So I think it's never a bad idea to kind of dig down on the injuries and extenuating circumstances when it comes to your fades, but stick to the big dogs where possible for your locks. And, you know, that's why you got to get away with them your fades. It's all about the balance, my friend. It's all about balance. And that brings us to the deep. Just a reminder here, I went 10 of 17 for 59%. Magnum Mills, he went 12 of 17, hit 71%. Give us a breakdown on your deep pick, Mills. Overall, we selected a total of 18 different teams as our deeps out of 32. As far as the teams we took more than once as our deeps, Jamie G, three times he took the New England Patriots. Oh, he loves the Patriots and the Tennessee Titans. Twice he took the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Overall, he used 11 different teams as his deep. I took the Seattle Seahawks three times. Twice I used the Baltimore Ravens, Minnesota Vikings, and Pittsburgh Steelers. Overall, I used 12 different teams as my deep. Any takeaway here, Mills? I mean, for what it's worth, there does seem to be a bit of correlation between our deep picks and the teams who just snuck into the playoffs. I mean, that's what you got to do and just sneak it right by the goalie. That actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because those are the teams that typically had a lot of success in the coin flip games. That's pretty much who the last few teams in the playoffs are every year, the teams who did very well in one-score games. So that tracks here. And the most important part of the deep is finding those teams who aren't going to be used by a lot of teams in your league. That means the criteria can kind of change every week. So it makes it tough to take away, you know, any real global lessons here. I would just say, you know, again, try to dig in. Always be aware of how many entries are left in your contest and who they have left available. You know, that becomes even more relevant the closer you get towards the end. Oddly enough, I think that the lesson is actually just the concept. Trying to avoid the most used teams while not taking bigger risks than you need to is really the best strategy for most Survivor Leagues. 
Are you kidding me? Are we just like, are we literally just going to, if we want to talk about my dating life, that's an entirely separate podcast. It's fine, but we should really, you know, deal with this before we start streaming. We should, although I have a feeling people are there for it. We also had our little Survivor Junior contest. This is a mid-season Survivor League that we started in week eight. Mills, you caught fire here. Break it down the results for us, man. Yeah, I, I won big time. Uh, you know, we did it for 11 weeks. I won 11 of 11. I had the Eagles, Chiefs, 49ers, Ravens, Dolphins, Browns, Cowboys, Bills, 49ers, Lions, Seahawks. Ran clean. Some of them were close, but I was free and clear, just like Pedro Serrano said. Jamie G, you missed three. You had Dallas, good. Kansas City, good. Philadelphia, bad. Bills, good. Dolphins, good. Browns, good. Raiders, bad. Vikings, good. 49ers, good. Jaguars, good. Green Bay, bad. So almost a, you know, two off, three off, you know, you, you were trying to, you know, do a little wax on, wax off thing, but you really didn't make it happen. So yeah, I, I think I pretty much officially just really won this one. Yeah, not my best year. I, I ended up playing it wrong where early in the, in the season here, week eight, nine, 10, 11, I should have used different teams because then when it came down the stretch, I had basically nobody left, made it very difficult. Um, so good, good job to you, man. You definitely won this one and I hope it helped a bunch of people out there. I'm in at least one mid season survivor league every year. And the strategy is a bit different in those contests and any other lessons to, to take away from this, from our 2022 results mills. I am generally an advocate for multi entering survivor leagues, but you have to set the level of risk you're willing to take on upfront. So what I would say is concentrate on one league if possible say you got 100 bucks to spend i would rather spend four 25 dollar entries in the same league than to join four different 25 dollar leagues you're sure theoretically your ceiling is higher by entering the four different leagues because you could win them all but you really are just kind of bouncing between things you can't actually have leverage within the same contest so yeah, if you want to like, you know, go to bed after, you know, week one or whatever and feel like you can win the max amount of money, enter a bunch of leagues. But if you actually want to win money, I would say try to find a league that you can max enter, usually a league with like, say, you know, a max entry of like three to five or something like that. Concentrate on that. Use your leverage correctly and win some goddamn money. Absolutely. And we always remind people, to you have to know the rules of your league and that ties are in there man i, I mean ideally you want to enter a league where you can enter the maximum number of, of entries possible that's something you can find out when you join a league beware of huge leagues with unlimited entries there will be some conglomerate action there and you'll most likely be a very little fish fish in a very big ocean i'd focus on contests that allow three to five entries and max enter Hundo over one hundo. I would say the contest size is probably the most important thing to pay attention to when signing up for Survivor Leagues. I mean, for what it's worth, the same advice applies when you're entering brackets into March Madness contests. There's a big difference between kind of your local family-style league and some leagues where there is some serious shit going on. That will be here before we know it. Thank you for checking out Survivor presented by Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast and our YouTube channel. We don't want you to miss any other content. You don't want to miss any other content. Make sure you don't. If we helped you win your Survivor League, 
send us a check. If we screwed you over, we love you. Leave a comment on the YouTube video. Hit us up on the social meds at Seize the Gap FF. I think that covers just about everything, doesn't it, Mills? Well, not my goddamn hot tub, man. That chick got ripped off by some wind. Uh, we could use a little Patreon thing to get me a new hot tub cover. But otherwise, if you're just trying to check us out, you can find us wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize the Gap on the social meds at FF. Find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. And that's how you cover things and integrate things simultaneously. Please remember, if you want to win your Survivor Leagues, you need to have a plan. And you need to get lucky. We'll be back sometime in August with our first 2023 Survivor Preview episode. We'll see you then. This has been Survivor, presented by Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. The views expressed here are those of the hosts and do not reflect the views of other individuals, entities, or organizations. All team names and logos are trademarks of the NFL and their respective teams and organizations. Thanks again for checking us out. Please remember to like and subscribe. Good luck to you in all of your Survivor leagues and contests. We'll see you next time.